it's no longer just about the volumes of data, but it's that now we have the technologies and capabilities to do things with the data that we weren't able to do in the past. And so now we need to be thinking differently about how we incorporate that in. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, inside the intelligence community's new data strategy and how that strategy prepares the IC for digital transformation in a future powered by AI. It's Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. Following in the footsteps of DHS, the Department of Veterans Affairs has instituted a salary increase for tech and cybersecurity employees by an average of 17%. That's meant to bolster its ability to attract and hire private sector talent. Last July, the department requested an approval for the special salary rate from the Office of Personnel Management, which is the agency that sets federal government pay policy. The pay bump will take effect starting August 4th. Last year, DHS, in a similar move, created a cybersecurity service as part of its cyber talent management system, through which staff can be hired with distinct qualification requirements and a special pay flexibility. New bipartisan legislation introduced in the House and Senate on Friday would create the National Artificial Intelligence Research Resource, a national research infrastructure that would give researchers access to data and tools needed to create trustworthy artificial intelligence. According to California Democrat Representative Anna Eshoo, The lead sponsor of the bill establishing the NAIRR would provide researchers from universities, nonprofits, and government with the powerful tools necessary to develop cutting-edge AI systems that are safe, ethical, transparent, and inclusive. And finally, the Biden administration on Monday introduced the National Cyber Workforce and Education Strategy to address a dire shortage of cybersecurity workers across the country. The strategy focuses on four major pillars, equipping every American with cyber skills, transforming cyber education, expanding and enhancing the national cyber workforce, and strengthening the federal cyber workforce. It also relies heavily on non-governmental and private sector entities to provide funding, internships, and apprenticeship programs to increase the number of workers with cybersecurity skills. Specifically within the federal government, the strategy pushes for greater collaboration among agencies, greater diversity in hiring for cyber roles, improving pathways to cyber jobs across the government, and investing in greater human resource capabilities. You can read more about these stories and much more at fedscoop.com. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence recently released a data strategy for the intelligence community agencies. The strategy, which runs from 2023 through 2025, provides focus areas and actions for all 18 IC agencies to accelerate adoption of common services and efforts to make data more interoperable, discoverable, and artificial intelligence ready for both people and machines, according to ODNI. This isn't ODNI's first data strategy, however. The office released one back in 2017. But since then, the IC has taken steps to mature its data environment and usage, and this latest document looks to usher in a new era of data-driven decision-making. To discuss that and much more, now joining the Daily Scoop podcast is IC Chief Data Officer Lori Wade. Lori, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. I uh, look forward to talking with you about the new uh, intelligence community data strategy. 
Absolutely. Well, I, I think a lot of people have been following it since it was released last week. And I, I you know, given that you're the chief data officer for the uh, intelligence community, I think it's a uh, Best to hear it straight from your mouth, uh, what some of the biggest focus areas are for this new strategy. Okay, great. I'm happy to, to talk about that. And and anyone that uh, takes a look at the strategy, which is, of course, available on the ODNI.gov website, you'll see that the strategy is very concise. Uh, that is by design. It uh, also points out that it's unclassified. There's not going to be a classified version. And what we wanted to do with the strategy and, and myself working with the rest of the uh, chief data officers from the 18 elements, ICE, uh, intelligence community elements, to really bring it down to what are the four focus areas that have to be done across the intelligence community to be able to move us forward and prepare ourselves for the digital and data transformation that continues. So I really view the four areas uh, as being the biggest, right, focus areas uh, when it comes to data for the intelligence community. And that is basically stripping it down to how do we perform end-to-end -end data management? And I'm talking from the point of collection all the way through to exploitation and dissemination. And then the second focus area is a big one, which is deliver data interoperability and analytics at speed and scale. That's where we're getting into the, what is the data centric framework for bringing a data architecture that has interoperability across 80, 18 elements. And at the same time, when we're looking at data and what how we manage our data, how are we putting into place everything that needs to happen to the data to make it AI ready? meaning quality data so that it's consumable by uh, both humans and machines. And then how we do that at speed and scale across the intelligence community. Those are big ones. And then of course, how do we advance all partnerships beyond the traditional across the IC with our DOD, with liaison, but also how do we do that with the private sector and uh, academic institutions. That's a big focus area. We're not gonna be able to do this alone, right? We gotta, we gotta see how our partners are evolving their thinking around data and digital transformation. And then how do we transform the IC workforce to be data driven? And that's where we're getting into the data literacy, data acumen, data tradecraft, and how do we use our data to make decisions and how do we unlock that mission value and insight quickly, right? In a nutshell, that's really what the strategy focuses on. No, that's a great synopsis. And like you mentioned, it is pretty concise. So if somebody was interested in learning more, it wouldn't take them long to kind of brush through it and thumb through it. Um, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. And, you know, uh, in, in looking back and researching a bit, this isn't the first data strategy uh, for the intelligence community. It looks like there was one that came out in 2017. So what has changed since that last one came out that, you know, drove you to create this new guiding document? That's a great question and one that I think um, a lot of people who've been involved and over that time have seen the change. I certainly uh, have been involved in uh, the intelligence community and data uh, since even before that time. But the last strategy, it was a very new position, uh, that of a chief data officer in the in the intelligence community. In fact, the, pers the, my, the predecessor for that 
uh, he was actually the first one to hold the position. And it wasn't even a standalone out. Uh, it was under the um, CIO's office. That first strategy had a very system-centric view. That's one change. It's one area. In fact, I think it even had a title that it was. Uh, it focused on the information sharing environment. They also had a, a chief data officer council that was in, in its nascent stages. And all of the 18 elements didn't even have a chief data officer at the time. So taking that strategy from a strategic and strategic focus areas into implementation was gonna be very difficult because there weren't even the CDO roles at all the agencies, right? So that's another significant difference. And then I think a third one, if I had to really think of through that, it would be just, if you think about where we were in the world in 2017, around our digital and data landscape, there's a lot that's happened in the data world since uh, 2017. And I think in fact, 2017 to 2019 timeframe is where we really started to experience that tsunami of data we had the 5G, Internet of Things, cloud, uh, AI, and some of the other uh, digital uh, transformation areas that came about. So a lot has really changed since then, right? Just in the maturity of the of the role itself and then where we are in the world and how we're evolving our thinking on, on data. One thing that jumped out to me in reading the intro of this, this new strategy was this quote uh, at the end of that introduction, and it said, uh, to date, we have not significantly prioritized data as a strategic and operational IC asset. And that stood out to me because there was this previous strategy. So I'm curious, you know, not to, to kind of focus too much on that specific line, but, you know, with that thought in mind, why is that, that, you know, things weren't significantly prioritized in the data sense or, you know, made to be an operational asset? It's a great observation and something that was intentional and deliberate and calling out. And it's really been the driving force behind my focus on end-to-end -end data management. Everything I just referenced that changed, right, from where we were digitally uh, and from a data landscape standpoint has impacted that statement or forced us into a, a thinking about how we're handling our data differently. And what I mean by that, it's no longer just about the volumes of data, but it's that now we have the technologies and capabilities to do things with the data that we weren't able to do in the past. And so now we need to be thinking differently about how we incorporate that in. The other thing, just the, the role of having a data professional at the seat, you know, at the decision-making table here to look at how we're gonna handle our data from the point of collection all the way through, like I mentioned, to exploitation and disposition. In the past, we've been a community that's been pretty enamored by everything it takes for the collection and acquisition of data and then the analysis of it. We have not focused on what actually happens to the data along the way. Uh, and, and I have a, a master's degree in knowledge management, right? Yeah. And so thinking about how data becomes information and then with insight and then with the analysis becomes knowledge and then actionable intelligence, having that understanding and applying it into where we are in the world today becomes critical to be able to plan, resource, and prioritize it. Because also what's coming with this large volumes of data and looking at cloud 
and the and the need to be able to have our data quality data to be able to to use and apply AI capabilities and technologies, we have to be considering what are the other factors. How am I working with my CIO, my IC CIO colleague, and across the IC, how is the CIO and the and the CDO community working together on things like understanding the cloud infrastructure, but also compute, the amount of compute that is needed. And then you have storage costs and, and indexing costs. And then the security part, like when we talk with our um, IC CISO and we look at where we're going with zero trust architecture, not by not having a very deliberate intentional plan at the beginning before we even collect or acquire data drives us into these downstream decisions that aren't based from a data centric viewpoint. And I'm not sure that in the past, we've really been at a position or had the had a CDO at the table to be helping and looking at how does that play out across the intelligence cycle, but also what are all the factors that need to be in place now? And that interoperability piece and, and what condition does our data need to be in so that we can apply those things, all like apply AI and focus on the analytics throughout that entire process, throughout the entire data life cycle. We just haven't done that with the intention and focus that we've needed to in the past. And all of those external factors I talked about, where we are in the world, just the different ways that we've evolved, how we do collection and, and, and the acquisition of data, but also the skill sets that we have brought into, the skills horizon that we're working on. We need to be very thoughtful in our approach and plan for that, just like we would any other asset. I, I call it an asset because it's something that we spend money uh, getting and obtaining, and we are the intelligence community. So, uh, in, in my mind, it is a we are a data organization, and so uh, having a having deliberate end-to-end data management plans has not been prioritized in the way that we need to do it today. So, that's a tremendous answer. And um, as as you've kind of explained, a lot has changed in in recent years, and I think the sort of um, acceleration has has really ramped up in recent years and in, in the ways that you've you've kind of explained and that kind of leads me to a next question and that's you know this strategy it's 2023 now it runs through 2025 what was the decision uh in in you know that's i'll, I'll categorize it categorize it as short but maybe you wouldn't but why that time frame and not you know your traditional five-year strategic plan that a lot of it organizations might set out to do that was by design. And a lot of people have asked me, I, I'm, I'm, people can't see me, but I'm kind of uh, uh, smiling a little bit because people have asked me actually if that was a typo when we first were sending the draft around. And in fact, it's not, it was, it's very intentional because I, I feel like if we don't get those four focus areas covered uh, in that time frame, the 23 to uh, 2025, then we're going to be further behind uh, of where we need to be to keep pace with how that digital and data transformation is happening. And of course, with the introduction of, of AI uh, and immersive technologies and other things, I feel like if we don't have these foundational areas in place in these short amount of time, then that's gonna be a problem. And so that's why I wanted to put a laser focus on, on, the, on the four areas 
and really move us forward in the next, you know, the, in these three years, really, uh, as an intelligence community. And then I already have a group I stood up called Data Futures, looking at what does 26 and out look like. And that's really where that focus area on the partnership piece is so critical, working with the private sector and working with uh, academic institutions, working with our other partners to see what we need to focus on 26 and out. And I don't know that we know 100% right now. So that's why I didn't want to put a strategy in place uh, talking about something that I think we're still we're still trying to define. You mentioned operationalizing AI, and I'm curious. I mean, I, I think it makes sense, that, but I'm curious your thoughts on how this strategy will set you up for success in doing just that when the IC looks to bring on more and more AI, um, as it seems like every organization is doing currently. Yes, everyone's very excited about AI right now. There's a lot of uh, news on it. There's a lot of advancements happen, happening quickly and, and, and what's being rolled out. And we're just as excited about all of that. And we want to be able to uh, bring that in and use uh, that uh, for our various missions and everything that we do. But I think what, if you talk with the private sector companies and others that are, uh, the other industries that are successful in you know, operationalizing using AI to help with their, for their organization, if you look at their journey, not where they are right now, but if you take it back and you ask them some pointed questions, which I've been doing, and you talk about how they got there and that journey, there's some pretty basic critical components and a pathway to be able to do AI at speed and scale. And it really starts with that, that uh, quality data, highly curated data, uh, having the, I mentioned it before, but there's critical components of, of, the, of cloud infrastructure, of compute, need a lot of compute, and also uh, being able to um, look and see how the data, a data architecture is in place to ensure that as we take those volumes of data, it's curated, we have, it's labeled, we have quality data, and then we have the skills sets there to understand how to take those and turn them into AI and train AI models. And then we have to test and evaluate those models and then be able to uh, deploy them out to the various missions. And there's a lot of work underway across the intelligence community, but to do it at speed and scale of which we need to be able to do, we have to do these foundational things. So I see that there's a critical path and the critical components to get us there. And that's where I view my work I'm doing with the CIO, between the CDOs, the CIOs, the CISOs, and our AI professionals as being this idea of how do we operate as a C-suite, if you will, a digital C-suite, so that we can be solving for those intersections along that critical path and the critical components. And then also that includes our science and technology team and our and IARPA, so the research and development. Like how are we bringing all of that together to look at how we are going to, what are the critical component pieces that we have to have in place and done, which is I'm, I'm focused on the data one. And then how do we bring those together and solve for those intersections as we go through so that we can fully operationalize and use AI in a way that helps with our mission and that whole end-to-end -end picture. And not just waiting till the end, 
but how do we bring it in all the way at the beginning, even like at the point of collection, if you will. So that only comes with being very deliberate and intentional and looking at the full end-to-end picture. So I think you've answered this question to some degree, but as we close out, you know, my, my question I like to ask is what's next? You have this strategy um, and it sounds like it's, it's time to implement, but um, you know, what is your plan of attack now that the strategy's out there and you're looking forward to 2025 and beyond? Well, there's a lot of unique factors around this strategy that I think we've uh, kind of highlighted here. But the other unique factor here is that I didn't wait for the data, the IC data strategy to be uh, signed out. We'd already done a lot of the uh, coordination across the intelligence community. I chair the intelligence community chief data officer council. And we had already developed and started implementing at the beginning of the year, a one-year action plan. And for each year, there will be an action plan. So next month at the Intelligence Community uh, CDO Council, we'll be reviewing uh, the quarter two uh, review results uh, of the action plan that we've already started, which is fantastic to have a strategy that rolls out and we're already working on the implementation. And then I mentioned the other thing next to come will be just to continue to uh, elevate the role of the CDOs across the intelligence community to make sure that we are getting the CDOs a seat at the decision-making table so that we can continue to not only implement across this strategy timeline, but as we build toward the future, we're working on that pretty closely. And then the other thing I just mentioned, the focus of the partnership side, there's a program that the intelligence community put together. It's the public-private talent exchange. It's PPTE. And that's where we're taking a real mission problem. I call it a mission sprint. And we're pulling IC officers to gather with private sector or academic institutions to work a real problem. It could be an unclassified problem or it could be a a top secret problem. Whatever that is, um, I've set up, I'm going to be doing a data pilot and working with a, there's an AI pilot that's going on and we're going to combine and and look at how we do that together. So a real active mission sprint on bringing some of these things together and pulling in expertise from both the private side and the public side to work together on something um, that will solve a mission problem. And I think that's a a big next step that will help us further define what the future uh, will look like uh, as we look to the next uh, strategy. Well, it's really interesting to hear that you, you got things started before that the strategy was even on the streets. So kudos for that. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll be keeping an eye to, to see what comes out next, but best of luck as you take on that journey. Um, and just really pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation and and hope that, uh, you know, if there's other opportunities in the future, we'll come back and we'll talk again. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Lori. Okay. Thank you. You can learn more about the IC's data strategy at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher helped to put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.